0: Go do speaking engagements, go do panel discussions, go do IG TV lives and TikToks and Clubhouse and whatever else is going on. Just have conversations with people because things are going to start to come out and stretch yourself in your answers. Don't just have your bullet points of your pad answers that you always use. Really, when the host asks you a question, really think about it and see if there's a way that you can answer it, present it in a way that you haven't before.
1: Today, we're talking all about becoming a thought leader with Carol Cox. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to the Wingnut Social
0: Podcast, helping home professionals and luxury brands accelerate their success with proven marketing strategies and expert industry practices. Now, here's your host,
1: Darla Powell. Hey there, thank you for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wingnut Social a marketing agency specializing in amplifying luxury brands across the U.S. and Canada. For more information, go to wingnutsocial.com. Hey there, welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I am your host, the Grand High Poobah of all things Wingnut, Darla Jethro Powell. And I am fresh off the heels of the event that will forever go in the annals of history, Luann Live. Number two, because I am a co-author in her book, the Well-Designed Business Podcast. I have to remember it. Power Talk Friday Experts, Volume 2. Is that it? That's it. (laughs) So myself and my co-authors were a part of that huge three-day extravaganza, which was super amazing. You guys, if you haven't picked up that book, you can go to the show notes at wingnutsocial.com slash podcast, and it's for sale right there. You can get that. I have a full chapter on social media marketing, how to structure your strategy if you're a DIY kind of person. And of course, there's tons of business advice there for the interior design industry from my esteemed co-authoresses. <laughs> they just happen to be all chicks. Who? girl power. Oh, another selling angle. Girl power. So today's guest you might be familiar with is Carol Cox of Speaking Your Brand, and she also has a podcast of the same name. Today, we're going to be talking about thought leadership, and if that's something that appeals to you, why it's so important, and if it's something you don't even know anything about, how it could help you in your business as kind of a parallel side situation there to establish yourself as an expert in your industry, maybe just to get that client confidence going to increase your visibility and exposure, and who knows, you might be the next TED Talk Benay Brown, (laughs) extraordinaire. I know that Carol has coached some TED Talk people, though. If that is your thing, stay tuned for that for sure. But even if it isn't your thing, you're going to want to hear how becoming a thought leader can help you with your bottom line in your business. But before we get into that, you know what time it is. It is time for mini news sesh. Mini news sesh. It's time for mini news. Mini news sesh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fresh back. From the slave labor camp that is wingnut social, (laughs) we have have social media manager Hallie Zimmerman back again due to popular demand for the mini-news session today. We're talking about Pinterest story pins. Pinterest has stories now, Hallie. That's right. Well, sort of. It's
2: in beta testing. This is something that is actually... Not currently available to all right now. It's in beta testing. But it's going to be something that you're going to want to know about when you you get into your app and you see that it says introducing story pins. You're going to know what it is and how to use it.
1: So is it going to look basically like the same thing on Instagram or the fleets on Twitter now? Like the same kind of formatted thing? Do we know yet or how's that going down? Yeah. So if you think of it
2: in the sense that, you know, you tap on a story, it opens up, you're clicking through or you're swiping through different things. It will follow that same theory, but there's a couple of key differences here that are going to make a big difference for Pinterest marketing strategies. So just so you know, here's some of the key differences. What's going to happen is when you open these story pins is you're going to have anywhere from two to 20 pins within that story uh, that you'll be able to utilize for different you know, content marketing strategies, whatever your information you're trying to deliver to your audience, uh, it'll be all contained to one. Also, these will not disappear within 24 hours. They will have the capability to be saved to your Pinterest boards or for users to save them to their Pinterest boards. And uh, I think the big difference, too, is that links could be technically included on each of the pins within each story. So, of course, that's different than Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. You got to have 10,000 followers <laughs> to you know, be able to swipe up. So, so yeah, that's going to be a key difference right there. So
1: the story pins are like a self-contained. So it's not like a, it just goes on forever and ever and ever that two to 10 pins has to be like a related story or that's all you're just going to get in one shot. Again, it's in beta testing.
2: Some of these things that we pull out right now, we talk about could change a little bit, but right now it's anywhere from two to 20 is the length. Of course, you know, when you're thinking, oh, that means I could include 20 links. Maybe don't include that many, you know, (laughs) keep keep it pretty focused. But yeah, so it's gonna include links. Another cool thing about these story pins is that, Pinterest is working to include them in different areas on the platform uh, so that people are they're accessible kind of all the time, not just in one designated location, maybe at the top of a news feed. They, I think they'll be there. I think they'll be, of course, near the search bar. That's the top. But um, they'll be kind of scattered throughout as well, kind of like you know ads do on Pinterest. So they're really wanting to find creative new ways to be able to, if you're going to use this feature, for your content to
1: get in front of new eyes, not just at the top of your home feed. You know what this sounds like to me? Correct me if this doesn't sound like this to you, but it sounds kind of like a little bit of a marriage between TikTok and stories, or TikTok and Reels, that it's like a video kind of situation, but it lives in the story space. It's not some other place that you have to go look for it. Is this like some kind of hybrid answer from Pinterest to match that, the popularity of TikTok and Instagram stories, do you think? Or, you know, of course, I'm pulling everything out of my butt right now. so.
2: Yeah, well, actually, you know, you're onto something there. It it very well could be. I mean, it's definitely blending. I mean, they, I don't know if they've just sat back and watched the popularity and they're basically have been doing this beta testing for over a year and they're just really trying to perfect it. Um, It definitely, I think, is pulling different story concepts from different platforms. But I think the best type of content pieces that you're going to be able to use for these Story pins is of course photo and video, but it's the idea of you know creating tutorials, step by step guides, travel information, just anything that you can you know delivering kind of bite sized little nibbles uh, in this little story pin and be able to send people different places. That's the kind of content I think they're intending for you to create with it.
1: Any idea when it's going to be out of beta?
2: No, I don't. I was I was trying to get caught back up on it and say, where is it? I dug for it. It's odd to me that we don't really know. My thinking is they have tested it for a little bit. I feel like maybe this year it could be available. But the thing is, why it's so important, and I want to talk about it today, is because when it's available, you want to hop on it because several of the content creators based in the U.S. I read a couple of you know quotes from them and things they've said about using them. Some of them have said that their engagement on the platform has more than tripled, and you know, of course, they're having increased web traffic as the beta version that they were using at the time, if they were still including links in all these pins, you know, it's just, it's increasing traffic outside of the platform as well. So, and of course, those are all good things. Those are the things we want. So yeah, I I think it's something important and everyone just needs to keep their eyes peeled for this. I'm not sure when it will come though.
1: That was another thing I was going to ask. You know how like Instagram rewards you for using their new features? I was wondering if Pinterest had something like that. It sounds like that that could be the case to, anecdotally. Do you know what they're looking for for a uh, beta tester? Is it just random? Do we have any stats on that?
2: Well, they've tested in a couple of different countries. Uh, they've done a lot of testing with US-based content creators on Pinterest. And I think they're just looking for people who have heavily used the platform, probably have lots of followers or putting out content all the time. As you can imagine, I know sometimes on Instagram, Facebook, they run tests like that where they kind of single out specific content creators and because I guess they already have a huge following and things like that. They'll be able to see with their numbers kind of how things are performing and make adjustments from there. So that's the one thing that I think I've seen is that it's just people with heavily used Pinterest for their marketing strategies and they've got a lot of followers.
1: Awesome. All right. Terrific. We'll be on the lookout for that. Pinterest stories, just one more thing we have to stay on top of. <laughs> There's not enough time in the day now, but that's okay. This is what we call job security. Hallie Zimmerman, thank you so much for joining us again. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Man, a new session. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now let's get into my interview with Carol Cox. But before I do, let me tell you about Carol. She is the founder of Speaking Your Brand, a coaching and training company that helps high-performing, purpose-driven women, entrepreneurs, and professionals create their signature talks and thought leadership platform so they can grow their business, make a bigger impact, and become influencers in their fields. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Carol Cox to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Carol Cox. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. How the hell are you? I am doing
0: fantastic, Darla, and I am recovering from a quite intense Luann Live experience that we were both at last week as of the time that we're recording this.
1: Yeah, I mentioned that in the intro. I, I was exhausted from it. In fact, I'm just really running behind on podcasts. Last week's episode was a repeat, but you did a phenomenal job as an MC there. You know, I was an MC for the first one, and you just put me to shame. Just terrific. Very well spoken, really professional. I kept watching you for you to mess up, and not once. Damn it.
0: <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, darling. That is so kind. And of course, you were an incredible panelist and in all things social media. I was taking notes as you were going along.
1: Were you really? Oh, that's very flattering. Okay, Well, hold on, I have a little woo moment. Okay, cool. All right, so speaking of events and speaking of speaking, 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 how redundant is that public speaking, we're going to talk about becoming a thought leader. Now, Luanne Naguera, if you're not familiar, she has the podcast, a well-designed business podcast. I'm a co-author in a book, like I mentioned in the intro, is a definite thought leader in the interior design space. So, She comes by it honest. You know, she started out honest. I'm sure she's had some training along the way to become a a more sought-after speaker and really polished up. But she's been terrific from the very beginning. And Luann is making bank (laughs) by being a thought leader and a public speaker. So I was thinking, because we haven't covered this subject a lot, about how do you go about establishing yourself as a thought leader in any niche, whether it's interior design, marketing, underwater basket weaving, and what would be the benefit to becoming a thought leader or to polish up your public speaking for business owners? Is there any benefit to the bottom line? And how do we go about doing if it's something we just kind of want to do and do a TED Talk? Ready and go. (laughs)
0: Yes, I was going to say, all right, how much time do we have? This sounds like a 90-minute workshop that we can put together, which I'm happy to do. (laughs) All right, so let's start first with what exactly is a thought leader. And you are welcome to like that term, not like that term, choose to use it for yourself. You don't have to put it on LinkedIn. You don't have to put it on your resume. You can just tell yourself that that's what you want to be. You can also call yourself an influencer or someone who's an expert in your space or your industry. I use the term thought leader because it's well-known. And of course, as we know, as marketers, we wanna use the terms that people are familiar with. And so as a thought leader, I define a thought leader as someone who is kind of like putting a stake in the ground. They're talking about things within their industry, within their niche that maybe aren't getting discussed as much And so it's in their kind of like little circle of influence, their circle of the internet. What are things that are not getting talked about that they can now bring up, they can start discussing because they have a unique viewpoint on it. They are also very direct and bold in their communication. Like they don't pussyfoot around with whatever it is that they're talking about. And they're putting out original content, and they're wrapping it in what I call a thought leadership container or a project. And we can talk a little bit more about what those containers can look like, but that's really what sets apart, say, a thought leader from just a business owner or entrepreneur or a marketer is they're creating something that other people, their audience can participate in. And that's that thought leadership container.
1: Okay, so let's say you're a small business owner, which is the majority of the listeners to this audience and and really mostly niched into the interior design side. You have a business, it's running along smoothly, you're making money, you're pretty cool with that. What would be the advantage be to stretching those muscles, those presentation thought leader going out, creating content muscles for the bottom line? Or do you, Would you just have to have a passion to just be front and center and to share your knowledge with people in a way to help them? So you say, on a marketing level, I know it's important to become visible with speaking. I've experienced it firsthand and it has helped me in the bottom line, but just generally speaking... I mean, if they don't have that drive and that passion, is it something that they should go outside of their comfort zone and and really try to maybe get better at? Or no, this is just for diehard people who are passionate about public speaking and wanting to be a thought leader, which, by the way, I don't hate that term. I'm not too keen on the influencer, but it is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) To each their own tomato, tomato, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Influencer, just to me, when I hear it, I go, (laughs) ah. All right, sorry, that was a long-winded question.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would distinguish a little bit between being a speaker and a thought leader. A lot of our clients who come to work with us, they are entrepreneurs and they do public speaking as a marketing and lead generation channel. So they go to conferences, they do breakout sessions. It's very training, tactically oriented content, like you know, five mistakes people make on social media and what to do instead, like those types of conference breakout sessions. Or they do speaking for industry associations, organizations, either unpaid or paid, either one. And so that is, it's great content, it's value-packed content. and it definitely impacts their bottom line because they're getting lead generation and they're getting clients from going out in public speaking and sometimes they're also getting revenue, so direct speaking fees from it. So now to address the thought leader part of it, that is, I believe, where the passion comes in. It's kind of like, what do you get on your soapbox about that you really feel strongly about and that you know that you sharing that message to other people can help them and can help more people And ultimately, what thought leaders do is they help people understand themselves better. You, as the speaker, the person creating the content, you become a mirror, a reflection for them, and they learn more about themselves through your experience and your journey. So the one that most people are probably aware of is Brene Brown. When her first TEDx talk really took off like 10, 11 years ago, she talked about the research she was doing around shame and vulnerability and the desire we have for connection and belonging. But what made her TEDx talk so popular is because she put herself into it. She said, I went to my therapist and I realized looking in the mirror, oh, this research applies to me. I have work I need to do. And then by extension, the people listening to her talk They're putting themselves in her situation and saying, oh, this is something that I need to work on as well. That's what I believe thought leaders do at their best.
1: So let's say, as a thought leader, let's say Darla Powell wants to push something that she's passionate about, which is something that I do, and that is the social media marketing for interior designers. That's why Wingnut Social was born, because it has made such an impact in my life and taken my business in relatively incredibly short time 4 years from 0 to visible and a lot of interior designers don't really understand the social media or they don't really understand the importance of the digital marketing for their pipeline and their future and i'm super passionate about that i'm super passionate about about putting that out there so when I tell my story about it, because I have done that and I've said, you know, I was a cop four years ago and I'm an interior designer and I have this or that or the other thing. Am I presenting that correctly by telling my story and saying I did this and this is what I accomplished and how do I do that in such a way to where I'm making that story about them and not me so much where they're putting themselves in that place? Love this question, Darla.
0: <laughs> there is a, a writer, and author, her name is Sue monk Kidd. She writes novels. And she said that the deeper we go into our own personal experience, the more it becomes a universal experience. So counterintuitively, the more you share the specific details of your story, your journey, not generically, not generalizations, the more the audience put themselves in your shoes. If you think about movies we watch, TV shows, novels we read, they're about very specific characters, very specific situations. And as we're reading or watching, we actually are like, even our brains, our mirror neurons, start putting ourselves in those people's shoes. Like what would I do in that situation? So Darla, I would love to find, like if we were doing a coaching session right now, I would love to find the thread, the connection between you being a detective sergeant and then you leaving that and going into interior design, because even though those fields and those roles are so different, you know, social media, interior design, being a detective, I can probably guarantee that there is some thread, there is some connection in there, and it goes all the way back to when you were growing up.
1: So that would be something that if you were outlining a a talk, my TED talk, thank you for coming to my TED talk. If I I was outlining my talk, something that specific and that personal too. Okay. I do remember hearing that you were coaching with someone and I forget her name. She got super personal about like some past abuse issues and things. She was super vulnerable and helped a ton of people in there. So I, I guess that that it would be like, I mean, it's a little bit of a different situation, but just getting really personal about your details and what makes you tick. I think what most people think of is, well, that's just no one's really going to care. No one's really going to be that interested in all those little minute details. But you're right. I, I could see people putting themselves in, in those shoes and it making it more impactful. So where was I going to go with that? <laughs> no all
0: right. Word. So no, you you have to answer my question now, Darla. Do you see the connection between these three different roles and careers that you've had?
1: Not off, not offhand. I mean, well, the only thing that I do see is that when I first went into becoming a law enforcement, I really legitimately wanted to help people. I mean, obviously, it's in a different scope at a different scale. Law enforcement between marketing and interior design. So that is something that I've always enjoyed. But I don't really shoot a lot of people now. (laughs) I don't know know if that's I don't know. That would be a deep dive. I, I don't know. I mean, I do. I am a problem solver all over the place. So that could be something. I don't know. Probably the problem solving. Like when I go into a design situation and I can knock it out super, super quick or in a marketing situation too and try and, I don't know. I don't know about the marketing situation.
0: (laughs) Why did you decide to go into law enforcement in the first place? Did you have an experience growing up where you like you had family members or you had a situation where you thought, you know, this is a way that I can go and help people?
1: They were hiring and I needed a job. (laughs) But you stayed for 20 years. Almost 20 years, yeah, because, man, I had a high school education, and that was good money. (laughs) You know, and I did enjoy some of it. I enjoyed the camaraderie and the brotherhood and belonging and and helping people. I I really did. And one of the best stints that I had was when I enjoyed teaching. I was a field training officer for a while, and I enjoyed teaching the rookies because— Everybody else was a insult in them, but I was like very patient and understanding like a teacher. And, you know, I created really good bonds with those rookies, but I, I, nothing directly is jumping out. So it would be really interesting to see what you think. I think
0: that it sounds like you look for opportunities and then you leverage them. So you did that because the job was available. It, it met the skill set that you had at the time, but then you ended up really embracing it and, you know, using it. And then now in going into social media with your current company, you said that, you know, you've grown your visibility huge in the past just in a short number of years. So you saw an opportunity and then you went all in on it as well. And it sounds like you're a problem solver. You may also be like a pattern detector. So you can see patterns and you can see things that are popping up, which goes hand in hand with problem solving as well.
1: Okay, that's pretty cool. That's that's an interesting insight that I hadn't given any thought to. And I I don't know if I want to turn this into a coaching session <laughs> for me so much, but that's pretty interesting. Is that kind of what it's like to work with you when we go to figure out what my TED Talk is going to be about?
0: Yes, it does. It feels very messy. So you as the client like talk, you answer these questions that I'm asking and you're like, oh my gosh, it sounds like a spaghetti mess. Like what does this all mean? And then by the time we're done, like we have a whole poster board with all of your sticky notes and your talk is mapped out from beginning to end and it makes total sense.
1: Okay. So let's talk about the business owner out there. Maybe they don't want to be a thought leader as much and we'll just spend a short amount of time on this because I know you're the thought leader gal, but they want to become better at communications, more articulate, better at sales, better at doing maybe the smaller scale stuff like the roundtable things at Luann and and speaking to people. Is there a kind of training? Would this apply for them in speaking and kind of like that? Let's call it like a little micro thought leader. <laughs> is that, does that exist? Am I making that up?
0: Yes. Well, so my company is called Speaking Your Brand, and so I really take a very, very, broad view of the term speaking. So speaking can definitely mean on stages or virtually now, and eventually we'll get back to stages. So speaking can be that traditional way we think of public speakers, but they're also doing podcast interviews, doing panel discussions, doing those roundtables, meeting clients and talking with them for sales conversations and sales presentations. I know a lot of interior designers do sales presentations or for prospects and for clients. So whether it's on Zoom or it's in person, and really for me, speaking your brand means how are you communicating to your audience what you do, why you do it, how it helps and who it helps. And so really thinking about the audience on the other side, what is their goal? What is it that they want? And then how can you have a dialogue with them so that they understand that you are a great fit for them based on your process, your expertise, and your values, what matters to you?
1: You know that Wingnut Social offers kick-ass full-service digital marketing, social media strategies, and SEO audits. But did you know that we also offer consulting? That's right. Just straight up consulting on an hourly level because we understand that not every small business owner is in a place financially to fully delegate their digital marketing, their social media marketing, to outsource it because it is an investment. But you guys still want guidance from the pros so that you can effectively get in front of your ideal client on social media. And you know what's even better, if you combine the consulting with the social media strategy, that's a killer one-two knockout punch. And you can still DIY it moving forward, still have that plan in place to accomplish what you want to on social media, whether that's getting your ideal client, whether it's doing brand collaborations, whether it's broadening your reach, or, you know, just ruling the entire known universe (laughs) So we're happy to do that for you. If you just give us a call at one eight seven seven 877 wingnut or go check it out at wingnutsocial.com. Again, that's one eight seven seven 877 wingnut or wingnutsocial.com. We're happy to help you out. Okay, that makes sense. So let's talk a little bit about the framework about it. And let's talk about the, the project structure. If you have something in mind. Aside from the daily consultations, let's say I wanted to do something like, or or anyone in the audience wanted to do something and they want to go speak at high point or they want to write a book or they want to do something like that in the thought leadership. How do we organize ourselves in such a way to focus on what that's going to consist of? And I know that you have a, a little method and let's break it down.
0: Yes, I would love to. So one of the things that I love to do, and because I'm also a pattern detector and problem solver is I put things oh. in acronyms and alliterations. So while as we're doing working on things, we create frameworks and acronyms. So the one that we have for thought leadership is called Voice. Obviously it makes sense because you're using your <laughs> voice. And very so cute. each of yes, of course, each of the letters V O I C E stand for something. And if you want, I can just very quickly give you the high level like uh, one statement for each of those letters, and then we can dive deeper into any of the ones that you'd like. Sure, go for it. Okay, so V and voices for your viewpoint, that's unique. So we talked about that a little bit about what is it that in your industry you get on your soapbox about that you can see that other people aren't talking about or aren't doing, and that... It could tick you off a little bit, like it could kind of like, you know, rile you up or it just could be a a viewpoint where you're seeing where people are struggling, people are kind of stumbling in a certain area, but you can help them by shedding some light on things that you see that they can't see. So that's, so V is viewpoint that's unique. O is for open, bold, and direct communication. So again, you're not pussyfooting around, you're very direct in your communication. It doesn't mean that you have to have a certain communication style that's very direct, direct, but that you're not, you're not like sugarcoating the information that you're providing to them. I is for your individual story that you universalize. And we just talked about that a bit with Brené Brown's TEDx talk, and then your, your imaginary TEDx talk, Darla.
1: (laughs) I'm going to the big stage. Yeah. uh,
0: (laughs) So C and voice is for the container or the project for your thought leadership message. And that's the one that we can come back to. I think that one is something that really people can grab onto and understand. And then E and voice is for being emotive, real, and vulnerable in your content and in your delivery. And again, like just using that Brene Brown example, when she did her TEDx talk, she was very vulnerable. She was very real. She was very authentic, to overuse that word. But that's what captivated people is because they saw like, oh, she's a real person and she's not hiding things from us she's not trying to pretend that she has it all together because vulnerability is contagious when you open up and are vulnerable with your audience they realize oh i can now look at myself and i can work on these things too because i recognize that not everyone
1: is perfect and they're not alone they feel validated exactly okay so let's go let's go to the sea of that the container part because that's going to be where some of the structure lies right
0: Yes. So for the container of the project for your thought leadership, again, this is a way for your audience to get involved in what you're doing. It's almost like a bucket for your message. Like imagine that people can pick up a bucket and carry it with them. And the beauty of having a container for your thought leadership message is that it becomes much more shareable and memorable for people. Because, and you know this, Darla, being in social media, is that we want to amplify our own social media content by having others share it for us. So if you have a thought leadership project, that makes it so much easier for them to do so. So what could this look like? It could be a challenge, like an Instagram challenge that you run. And it' not necessarily a task-based challenge. Like there's a lot of challenges out there that are like five-day challenge, do this on day one, do that on day two, like go organize your kitchen or that kind of thing. But for a thought leadership challenge, you really want to encourage people to go deeper to think deeper, to reflect deeper. I'm thinking of, there's a woman, Layla Saeed, she wrote a book called Me and White Supremacy that our clients read as part of a book club last summer after the the George Floyd murder and the racial reckoning that was happening. Her book came from an Instagram challenge that she had run the year before using that hashtag, Me and White Supremacy. And in the challenge, it was to get white people in particular to reflect on their understandings of race. So that was her thought leadership project that ended up getting this huge book deal, right? And wow. then all these speaking engagements after that. Mm-hmm. So that so it could be a challenge. It could be uh, an event like Luann. We mentioned Luann Nigera, her Luann live event. That is a thought leadership project for her. She ha- And the book that she did that you're in mm-hmm. as well. So that's her. And then she's bringing in collaborators, which is even more amplifying the message and getting more people to share. So an event is great. We have an event coming up April 1st, which is our thought leadership project. We ran it in October because I said said to myself, well, I better actually do what I tell other people to do (laughs) and create this thought leadership project. (laughs) So we created this event and we're doing it again in April. And so it could be an event, it could be a book. So a book, but then you would want something to go along with that, like a challenge again, so people can get involved. It can also be an initiative. I have a client who, she is a healthcare executive, in, in corporate leadership. And she put together an initiative called 100 by 2030. Her name is Jamie Tynan. And she, her thing is that she's trying to get organizations in healthcare to sponsor 100 women of color each by the year 2030. So eventually, she'll have tens of thousands of women who are being sponsored. In leadership in the healthcare industry. That is her thought leadership project. She's now doing a book proposal to get a book agent and a book contract, and she's getting lots of inbound speaking engagements because of this initiative that she's putting out there.
1: And we like to call that in social media, well, we don't like to call it, just what it is called user generated content, when you can get excitement from super fans or people that follow you or that are genuinely into your brand by using your hashtags or doing the challenges, and that broadens your reach exponentially. Such an amazing idea for sure. So let's say that there's someone out in the audience that wants to start writing a book. Where do they start for that, for the thought leadership and do an event around it? Like, let's go back in time and say we're baby Luann Nigeras. What are we doing? Yes.
0: Okay. So I am not a book coach. so I cannot cannot tell you I need to sit down and start writing my own book. So I am definitely not the person to get advice from as far as Writing and finishing a book. There are amazing book coaches and book editors out there. If that's the thing that you want to do, who will hold your feet to the fire and keep you accountable to do it? But think about it this way. When you have your, when you're working on your book, you have so much content in there that you can now pull out and repurpose for a challenge, for part of an event, for podcast interviews, and so on. And a lot of times our clients, they start with their signature talk. And then their signature talk becomes the foundation, then they expand it into a book that they write after they have the base of their message figured out.
1: Yeah, I like that because you're starting out kind of small. It's like when I started out with interior design, and I get this from interior designers come to me at Wingnut too, when we say, okay, what is your why? What differentiates you from other interior designers? Because we struggle with that because we're all, we are all make rooms pretty. So really what it boils down to 99% of the time is you're the only you. In the industry. So what your, your perspective, your vision, what you have to offer, even if you're, you're offering contemporary design with someone else who offers contemporary design, it's never going to be the same thing because no one else is going to be Darla Powell. No one else is going to be Sandra Funk, et cetera, et cetera. But that. It takes a hot minute to really figure out, okay, what is my message? What is my passion? And I like kind of doing that and figuring that out first before you get into the bigger things. Another thing I was thinking out, too, that I'm passionate about, besides sharing how effective digital marketing can be for your business, for your visibility, and your bottom line is women of a certain age, like myself, I'm 52 going into a second career or feeling like maybe they're irrelevant at a certain age or that they can't do things. And actually that is almost as much or maybe even more so <laughs> than the marketing for the interior design. So it, t- it took me a minute to think about that, but that I love. And I get so many interior designers or women coming to me in their fifties and their sixties saying, you know, I thought I was done, but I'm starting my interior design career because I heard you on Luann Negara's podcast, or I heard your podcast. And that to me is you could give me that more than a check and I'm happy. Yeah.
0: I just saw a little light bulb go yeah. off over <laughs> your you? head, Darla. <laughs> yes. See, that is it. And I and I hear this from other women too, you know, in their fifties and sixties and trying to figure out like, can I compete in this day and age, especially when, you know, we know our culture venerates you so much, but especially now with social media.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know. So yes, I love that. There's your TED Talk. There's my there's my Ted, there's my freaking TED Talk. Yep, that's it. Okay, when are we working together? Come on, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. You know, I think that is changing, though, as an aside for, you know, the um, women in my age group are a growing demographic. Absolutely. So all you millennials, forget it.
0: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And a demographic that spends money. And so interior designers who are in their 50s and 60s are also going to attract clients who are in that same age demographic.
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: So Darla, you just coming to mind this idea of helping women who are in this midlife and and maybe coming into a new career or changing careers. So we got to that place because just through us having this conversation and talking out loud, and I am such a big believer in talking to people. And so for the for the people listening, if, there's, if they're a little you know messy about what is my thought leadership message or what is my why and why do I do what I do and I don't know what my unique viewpoint is, go do podcast interviews because the host will ask you questions and then you're going to start figure you're going to answer them and things will come to you that you never thought of before and maybe not come to you just you sitting in front of your computer and trying to like generate ideas from a void, from a vacuum. And so go on podcast, go do speaking engagements, go do panel discussions, go do IG TV lives and TikToks and Clubhouse and whatever else is going on. Just have conversations with people because things are gonna start to come out and stretch yourself in your answers. Don't just have your bullet points of your pat answers that you always use. Really, when a when host asks you a question, really think about it and see if there's a way that you can answer it, present it in a way that you haven't before.
1: And we kind of did that here with this impromptu coaching session, which kind of put me off my feet, but it did get my brain flowing. And, you know, if you and I were doing a coaching session for public speaking, which I can see in my future, that's exactly how I would process it in real life. So incredibly helpful. Carol, has there been anything that I forgot to ask you that you think the listeners uh, need to know before we get into the What Up Wingnut round? I'm excited for, for this round. Let's do it.
2: Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Night. Wing Night.
1: All right. Carol Cox, what would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Used her voice. Awesome. All right. You're stuck on a deserted island, can have only one favorite food. What is it?
0: This one was a really easy question for me. I'm very specific on this. So I live in Florida and we have a grocery store called Publix. I don't know if this particular item is available in other Publixes and other states or what have you, but they are little containers of vegan oatmeal cookies, healthy, like they say healthy on them, but they taste amazing. And they, there's eight of them in a container and I have been known to eat all eight in (laughs) one day. (laughs) So, and my husband loves them too. I go to the Publix bakery and I ask them for the entire box that the containers come in. So there's 20 of the containers in a box and I go in and buy those about every... Two and a half weeks, and the bakery people are like, "You want the entire box of twenty <laughs> containers?" And I'm like, "Yes."
1: <laughs> you know, I'm in Miami, so we have Publix. I'm in Florida,
0: so you get yeah, to look I love at Publix. look for them.
1: No, I'm a Debbie Cake girl, not vegan cookies so much, but um, yeah, I'm totally, totally feeling where you're coming from.
0: But they don't taste like vegan cookies, really. I'm, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna tell people they taste really good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to take your word for that. <laughs> and please recommend a book that has had an impact on you either personally or professionally.
0: Okay, so I have two books by the by the same author, so it's cheating a little bit, but I so they do the professional and the personal. So the author is Elizabeth Gilbert. The first book is Big Magic, which she wrote about the creative process. And I love that because she talks about how, and this really relates to your thought leadership message, sometimes your creative output or like that uh aha, that light bulb moment will come when you least expect it. And timing is really important. And she talks about that in the book, like take advantage of the timing when you know it's right. So that would be the professional development one would be Big Magic. And then the personal one. She wrote a novel a few years ago called The Signature of All Things. So not the Pray Love, you know, super mega bestseller, but this, of course, did well because she is who she is. And The Signature of All Things, I loved it because it had a very strong female protagonist, female man character. It takes place in the early 1800s in the United States, like New England area, and she's a botanist. So you learn so much about plants, and like, I'm not into gardening or anything, but I loved the amount of detail. And Elizabeth Gilbert is an incredible storyteller. And I don't think that book gets enough attention as a show, but I actually just reread it last year because I enjoyed it so much.
1: Okay. Those are terrific recommendations. I have not read either of them. I'm going to put them in my Audible queue and they will be in the show notes at wingnutsocial.com slash podcast. Carol Cox, please tell the Wingnuts where they can go and find out more about you, your amazing coaching and your April event. Yes,
0: yeah, so I have a podcast called Speaking Your Brand where we talk a lot about public speaking and thought leadership. So you are welcome to hop on over to find Speaking Your Brand in the podcast app that you're using right now to listen to this fantastic podcast. And then you can also go to speakingyourbrand.com slash Darla. So Darla's first name, speakingyourbrand.com slash Darla. I have on there, you can get our thought leadership workbook that has that voice acronym framework in it, as well as question prompts to get you started. So you can get all that there. And then our Brave Bull Beyond Live Virtual Summit happens live only April 1st. It is 10-minute TED-style talks. So they're very short, impactful, powerful talks. So it's going to show you like what it looks like to put together a TED-style talk. We have 12 diverse women speakers. We have panels on crafting a stellar speech and your thought leadership platform. We did this, as I mentioned, in the fall. And people said it was the best virtual event that they had ever attended. It was life-changing and mind-blowing. Now, of course, now, second probably to Luann Live because she puts on an amazing <laughs> event. But this is a completely different thing. Like, People attended and sat there for six hours crying and laughing and just everything because it was women sharing their voices and their stories, which is really our mission at Speaking Your Brand, is that we know transformational change happens through sharing women's voices and stories. And that's this is what we do. We amplify and champion
1: that. That sounds amazing. I'm going to click my own link and register myself. (laughs) Please do. It's free.
0: Oh, it's free to attend we want more people to to hear these women. So it's absolutely free.
1: That does sound amazing. Carol Cox, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. You've been amazing, as usual. And I I do listen to your podcast. It's terrific. Thank you, Darla. Well, I got to say that if you're out there and you're thinking of, okay, maybe I want to elevate my game into being a thought leader, or there's something I'm super passionate about, I'd like to share my story and and help the audience to become better people, to understand something, to better themselves, or to learn from some of the hard stuff that you've been through in your life. Carol Cox is your girl. <laughs> I am going to give her a call for 100% sure when I'm ready to go do my TED Talk. And that is a promise, Carol. I'm super, super impressed with you, especially with your ability to just go ahead and coach me on air and have me not realize it until we're halfway into it. So, <laughs> <laughs> good on you. I was like, but you know, that's okay. Because everybody needs a coach. Everybody has a coach who is successful usually, right? Even Luann Neguera has a coach. She has several coaches. People who are billionaires are out there and that are very successful. They have coaches and their coaches have coaches. It's just, it's just kind of a thing because you're going to get someone who has, is an expert in a field that you're just not into all the time. I mean, you want to come to me for social media come to me for even doing some podcasting. All that Carol has an amazing, excellent podcast as well. Public speaking, I'm getting better at, you know, the more I do it, but I'm not someone who can coach it. So definitely highly recommend Carol, if that's going to be your thing to help you structure and help you figure out your passion and your why. Of course, everything Carol talked about will be in the show notes and the link for her event in April which sounds super amazing. I will see you there because I am totally signing up for that. And if you want to know where I will be speaking next, I'm doing 100 million webinars between now and the end of 2021. (laughs) You can see my journey into becoming a more professional public speaker. Carol, I'm talking to you. Go to our Instagram over there at wingnutsocial. You can look at the link in the bio and everything that's upcoming should be listed there. We have some ASID talks. There's actually one today if you're listening to this in real time on Wednesday, the 17th of February for ASID, if, I think it's free registration, whether you remember member or not. I'm not 100% sure about that, but go in there and look at the link in the bio. And we have an advanced social media class coming up, which is a separate ASID talk that I'm doing. And I want to say that there's some more <laughs> in there. I'm a little swamped. It's kind of hard to keep up, but go check that out at wingnetsocial on Instagram or no, that's it. But go check that out on Wingnut Social at Instagram at the link in the bio. Also, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on whatever the hell you're listening to this podcast on. If you need help with social media marketing for your luxury brand, hop on over to wingnutsocial.com or give us a call at 1-877-WINGNUT. And remember to get out there, get uncomfortable, and be great.
2: You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 1-877-WINGNUT to see how we can help you take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened.
1: Had an, an amazing, had an amazing. I have lots of amazings. I could be Spider-Man. Did I tell you already? I'm in menopause. So I, if you could bit bit. The frog timing was good because it lasted um, pretty good for the interview. Good boy, Mango.